Thank you for downloading this sermon from Grace Presbyterian Church. Grace is a church where people seeking more grace, more depth, and more community can start finding their way and sharing their gifts with the world. You can follow us online at graceforsufalls.org. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him, and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, for proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places. And the people were coming to him from every quarter. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Our God and Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in it. And I pray now that you would grant us eyes to see and ears to hear what you have spoken to us this morning. It's in Christ's name that we ask these things. Amen. Do you guys remember the 15 days to slow the spread? Man, those were the days. I want to read to you some important dates from the year 2020 as a little trip down memory lane. January 9th, 2020, the World Health Organization announces a mysterious coronavirus related to pneumonia in Wuhan. January 20th, the CDC says U.S. airports will begin screening for COVID. January 23rd, The whole city of Wuhan goes under quarantine. February 2nd, global air travel is restricted to the U.S. February 3rd, the U.S. declares a public health emergency leading to the closing of many businesses. March 11th, the World Health Organization declares COVID-19 a pandemic. March 13th, travel ban is put on non-U.S. citizens traveling from Europe that goes into effect. And April 3rd, the CDC recommends that masks and social distancing to slow the spread of this virus, eventually leading to mask mandates in different states. And this is not to mention all of the non-essential businesses closing or all of the political turmoil of this past year in 2021 that we are well aware of. We all know the myriad of the effects of this pandemic. Now, I read these to you show, to, to, to show you the, the precautions that we take when it comes to the control of diseases. And what this shows, what this past year has shown, past few years, is that our physical health is extremely important to us. We will bend over backwards to protect our health. Now, maybe some of us have too high of a value on our health, and maybe some of us too low. But what I think we can see from this last year and the past few years is that when the threat of sickness comes, our response is very 
sobering a lot of the time. It's fear, anxiety, anger. And the reason that I share this is that when it comes to this story in Mark, what can be missed is the setting of this story because we only get a small phrase and a leper came to him. We sort of jump right into the story. We'll look at this further later on, but this would have been a very tense situation. The people with Jesus would have seen this interaction with the leper as a lifelong quarantine sentence. But Jesus does not panic. He does not fear. But he flattens fear with compassion, with grace. And now what I want us to see in this text is that because Jesus takes our disease, we can be clean. Because Jesus takes our disease, we can be clean. And of course, our greatest disease is sin. And sin leaves us in a lifelong quarantine from God himself. Because of sin, we are alienated from the presence of God. As we turn to this text, there's three things that I want us to observe here, and we will just take them in order. Firstly, uh, an outcast leper. Verse, Verse 40 begins by saying, and a leper came to him. And I want to pause here and take some time explaining leprosy a little bit, because understanding this is very important to understanding the scandal of this story. Now, leprosy was a widespread disease in Palestine. This is apparent from the many lepers whom Jesus encountered in his ministry, but also from the extensive list of regulations for lepers in Leviticus 13 and 14, which I'm sure all of you are very familiar with. Leprosy was a skin disease uh, that was very difficult to diagnose and to heal. Of course, during the biblical times that did not have our modern understanding of medicine and disease like we do today, Today, leprosy is often referred to as Hansen's disease, but don't think of a one-to-one correlation with Hansen's disease and leprosy, um, the the leprosy of this time. The leprosy of this time would would have included uh, many other skin diseases as well. Uh, They were essentially couched into the same category. In the Old Testament, it was generally, generally regarded, leprosy was, as divine punishment with healing only possible by a divine intervention. Curing such a disease was as difficult as raising the dead. To add to this, the death sentence that these lepers had was also the social stigma around lepers. Josephus, a first century historian, speaks of the the banishment of lepers as those in no way differing from a corpse. They were as good as dead. In fact, they were often referred to as the living dead. Now, you don't need to turn there, but what I want to read some of the regulations in Leviticus 13 regarding leprosy. Now, there's 59 verses regarding leprosy in Leviticus 13, and no, I'm not going to read all of them, um, but it does show the significance of this disease. If someone Uh, was found to show signs of leprosy, they would have been brought to the priest. Now picking up in verse 43 of Leviticus 13. 
Then the priest shall examine him. And if the disease swelling reddish white on his bald head or on his bald forehead, like the appearance of a leprous disease in the skin of the body, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest must pronounce him unclean. His disease is on his head. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he lives, or sorry, as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Now, like we mentioned, lepers were victims of far more than the disease itself. As one commentator puts it, the disease robbed them of their health, and the sentence imposed on them was a consequence that robbed them of their name, their occupation, the normal habits they may have, family, fellowship, worshiping community. Then to double down on making sure that they did not come into contact with anybody else, they were required to make their appearance as repugnant as possible. They would wear torn clothes. That was to not cover any of some spotted areas on their body so that others may recognize their uncleanness. Now, of course, we cannot imagine the magnitude of what this would have been like. But we did get a very small taste of this going through COVID. Some more than others know the, the feeling of losing jobs, losing fellowship, habits that you had, maybe even family connections. We felt a bit of what it was like to be quarantined off from the rest of society. Obviously not to the extent that the lepers did. Now for lepers, the loss of all these things would have been a permanent sentence. This was the leper's plight. But this leper, we read about in our story, had the incredible audacity to come up to Jesus In Luke 17, we see that lepers were normally required to stand at a distance, most likely of 50 paces. In this leper's approach to Jesus, he's risking everything. He's breaking both the law and the custom on the chance that he may be healed and restored by Jesus. The leper's plea of, if you will, you can make me clean is the beginning of faith that Christ Jesus can save him, can heal him. He knew his condition, and that he needed a divine miracle if he was to be made well. Now it should be noticed that Jesus does not, or sorry, that this leper does not question Jesus' ability to save him, only his willingness to save him. This leper does not question Jesus' ability, but only his willingness to save him. Now, how often is it different with our own prayers, our own dispositions towards God? Are we not prone to think, particularly when we're blessed by God with things like health and finances and all those things are doing well, that we have 
accomplished these great things by our own strength. We're not prone to look at ourselves. We do not feel the need, as the leper does, to come before Christ and plead for his grace when all things seem to be going well. And this is because our ailment is not a physical disease. It is a spiritual disease. It's a spiritual blindness. Friends, is it not through hardships, through difficulties, when everything or just maybe even one important thing is taken from us, that the Lord reveals to us both our own need and also the balm of his goodness and his strength? Because often when we are brought low, it is then that the the Lord brings us up to the very throne of grace. And it is from the throne of grace that we find the very healing that we need. It is where the grace of the Lord Jesus is to be found. Now this leper's plight drove him to Christ. And through this plight he got a taste of the kindness and the grace of Jesus. Now secondly, Christ's curing. Now, as audacious as this leper was, what is no less scandalous is Jesus' response to him. Jesus reaches out and he touches him and speaks to him and says, I will be clean. We would expect any of the Jews of this time that they would recoil in protection, in defense, and in a moment like this. They would run the other way. But rather than turning from the leper, Jesus turns towards him. He touches him. He brings himself into contact with the one who's normally considered an untouchable. Again, even here, we are prone to doubt the kindness and the grace of our Savior. Now, I'm sure that there are many of us that have things in our lives or maybe even ourselves that we feel is untouchable. How could others know? Not to mention, how could, how could Jesus himself, if he knew, have anything to do with me? I've done horrible things. Things that I can't tell anybody about. Things that I could never be forgiven of. If others knew my sin, I would feel about as distant and untouchable as this leper. How could Jesus love someone like me? But we are reminded through this story again of our Savior's call to come to him. Look at Jesus' response to this man. He not only speaks to him, but he reaches down and he touches him. Jesus does not fear the uncleanness of this man, but he moves towards him. Now, nor, nor does he fear or recoil from our uncleanness, but he moves towards us. And after this one touch from Christ, immediately, the text says, the leprosy left him and he was made clean. There is no amount of uncleanness that you or I have that has more power than the cleansing power of our Savior. By faith, he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. 
Now, not only does Jesus reach out and touch one of these untouchables, he also gives him two charges. First, he says, see that you say nothing to anyone. Now, you might be thinking, Jesus, why on earth would you heal this leper and then charge him to say nothing and to be silent? You know, you and I might have thought, Jesus, you know, your ministry is just getting off the ground. And keeping someone around who has just been healed of leprosy would really draw the crowds. But Jesus sends him packing with a stern charge to be silent. Why? Now, there's three reasons I want to look at for this charge to the leper to be silent. First, uh, there seems to be a practical or strategic reason. It was necessary for Jesus to keep quiet the claims of his messiahship since these carried connotations of the time of military deliverance. Jesus did not want this word to get around too quickly so that he could uh, avoid any uh, Roman government interference. It is this issue that is his fame spreading too quickly that Jesus runs into in this very story. Second, there is a servant nature of Christ demonstrated here. He was not looking for fame or recognition. He does not uh, want there to, he's not there just to do tricks for people. It is Jesus himself who teaches that whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So there is a servant nature of Christ demonstrated here. Thirdly and lastly, um, until the consummation of Jesus on the cross, all such rumors about him are premature. It was going to be only through the cross that Jesus was going to be known for who he is. This is where his fame will come, when he is lifted up on the cross. Now, the second charge that Jesus gives to the man is to go and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for proof to them. So why does Jesus command this man to go to the priest? Also, they were in Galilee, and the man would have had to go show himself to the priest in Jerusalem, where the temple was. That was a long way away. Now, the reason Jesus sends him to the priest is he is following the regulations laid out in Leviticus that we just read. The leper must first show himself to the priest, and it was the priest, and only the priest, that may pronounce lepers clean or unclean. It was from the blessing of the priest that the leper could be restored to society, to his family, to his job. The fact that Jesus commanded the man to go uh, follow the, the laws laid out shows that he honored the Mosaic law. As he says in Matthew 5, 17, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Now, the last phrase is interesting. It says, uh, for proof to them. Of course, this is a reference to Leviticus 14 and the command, the command to show himself to the priest. But this proof could also be seen as a sort of double proof. First, for the cleansing of the leper, but second, also of Jesus' own divinity. This would have been one of the many evidences to the religious leaders in Jerusalem of Jesus' messiahship. The very ones who would eventually have crucified him. He is giving them proof for who he is, that is God incarnate. 
And it's by this proof that they could either be saved or add to themselves further condemnation. Again, Jesus is not uh, Jesus is not only fulfilling the law of Moses here, but he's also giving evidence to these religious leaders in Jerusalem of his own divinity. They may either take this proof and, and believe on Christ, or it will be used to harden their hearts even further. And these same warnings we have today, and in many ways, even more so. We can sit in church and we can go through the motions and yet continue in our sins, completely unmoved by God's word. This is a good warning for us, not to just be hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. Let us not take for granted the many evidences of God's grace that we have. We have our Bibles that we get to read and spend time in daily. We have the opportunity to hear the great works preached week in and week out. We get to see others come to faith in Christ by the ministry of God's word. And through all these, we get to hear and see the wonderful works of God. And these things can either harden or soften our hearts to God's word. As the saying goes, I'm sure you've heard, the same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. And we should continually be praying that God's word is softening our hearts and not hardening them. Now, lastly, an outcast Christ. Now, we just took a look at Jesus' charge to the leper to be silent and to go show himself to the priest. Clearly, the leper does not do this. As he leaves Jesus' presence, he's goes out and he's telling everyone he knows, everyone he sees. He's taking selfies and blasting them out on his social media accounts. We may be tempted to think, great, look at how great and bold this leper is by going out, sharing his faith and all that Jesus has done for him. And now, as true as that sentiment is, and we should be sharing our faith, this understanding can derail our understanding of what's going on in the story. Humility and the earnestness of the leper in verse 40 is turned to complacency, even disregard for Jesus' direct command to him. He was sternly charged to be silent and go straight to the priest. We don't know if he made it to Jerusalem or not and followed the cleansing protocol laid out in Leviticus, but we do know that he surely did not keep silent uh, about Jesus' command to him. Uh, now, the actions of the leper clearly affect Jesus and his ministry. Verse 45 says, but he went out and began to talk freely and to, and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and the people were coming to him from every quarter. The news of this leper's healing is, is traveling so rapidly that that Jesus is not able to, to enter towns. Um, maybe a picture of this is uh, when I was in middle school. I uh, worked at the U.S. Open Golf Tournament, and I was privileged enough to uh, walk with Tiger Woods in his last round of the, the U.S. Open. I was one of, those, uh, one of those kids that was holding a sign with the player's name and, and, the, and the score. I was able to walk right with the player. It was, it was really great. Um, but, but following him 
what was amazing was the crowds that flocked to watch him. Unreal. I mean, you look down the fairway and there would just be uh, seas of people on every side of the fairway. But Tiger could have not moved one step on this golf course if there were not great uh, ropes and police and people making way for him to to come come through and, and go to the next tee box even. Now, in a similar way, these crowds flocked to Jesus so that he was unable to enter a town. And so this leper who was not able to go about in towns now is going about freely. He's spreading the news. He's no longer bound by this leprous disease and bound to desolate places, but he has been healed by the Savior. So what we now have is a leper who was first an outsider. He is now an insider. And on the other hand, Jesus, who had first been an insider, is now an outsider. Jesus has traded places with the leper. Is this not a picture of the great salvation that is accomplished in Christ on the cross? Colossians 1 says, And you who were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. This was, as it was with the leper, without Christ, we are the walking dead. Even more so, we are covered from head to toe in sin, quarantined to a lifelong separation from the Father. As Ephesians 2 tells us, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. As this leper's only hope was some divine intervention, so our only hope is Jesus himself. Who left his own glory, he humbled himself by taking on flesh, bearing our burdens and dying in our place for our sins. He took our disease and dealt with it by nailing it to the cross so that we, in return, can be clean. This is the great exchange. Our sin goes to Christ. Christ's righteousness comes to us. We get his health. And he gets our sickness. By Christ being counted an outsider on the cross, we who are outsiders and alienated from the fellowship of the triune God have been brought near. We have been redeemed. And one day we'll be glorified with him forever. This is the good news. And the difference between us and the leper is that the leper was told to keep silent about all of this. And we are told to go into all of the world and welcome people to Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, who is our only hope in life and in death. Thank you for listening. You can find more sermons from Grace and information about joining us for worship by visiting our website at graceforsufalls.org. We also invite you to visit the iTunes store and subscribe to the Sermons of Grace podcast.